With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. We're not feeling sorry for ourselves. Um, it was uh, it was a learning experience that we have to overcome. Do you believe? You don't believe? <laughs> Next question. Welcome to Go Big Redcast Match Rule Edition. It's another version of it. Mac, how you doing, buddy? It is Colorado Week. It is it is it is here. The the biggest game in the nation this year. This this well so far this season. Everyone's going to keep their eyes on them. And you know, coming back from Minnesota, you and me were a lot like I'm sure a lot of Husker fans out there just disappointed, confused, hurt, sad by the loss. You know, oh what was me? Oh what was the fan base? And then a double down kick in the stones on Saturday when you see Colorado ripping up and down the field. So, you know, I, I, after taking a moment, rewatching the game a couple of times, our game, and then actually rewatching Colorado, not live, but kind of really kind of as a Colorado fan, I was, I was trying to watch this game. Like, okay, if I'm a CU fan, am I as excited as the rest of the nation seems to be like how positive the nation seems to be after one game, Travis Hunter, Shador Sanders, they're Heisman front runners. Dion's the best coach that ever existed. And uh, this is the second coming of, well, probably Nick Saban. I was going to say Bear Bryant, but it's, it's, it's amusing to me how something like this can catch fire. And uh, you know what folks, I'm here to tell you they're not, invincible they are definitely still colorado and we definitely can still do things to affect this game so we're going to get into that a little bit what you say huh yeah well i think that that's a good way of kind of breaking this down is we're going to talk first about the cu strengths we'll go over CU weaknesses so we're doing kind of a scouting report to begin sure. with and then after we do that uh, we'll go over what we think are the keys to victory for nebraska and so mac uh, you've watched several times now the tcu cu game you kind of really reviewed that and uh, took an in-depth uh, uh, look at the game. And I think let's start with that. We're going to go over the the CU strengths to begin with. And uh, it was a very impressive victory, obviously, and it's been talked about at nauseum now. Uh, three different players right now are on the, the top ten of the Heisman sure. list. And, you know, uh, Dion's already, you know, front runner for, to be coach of the year. Seems a little uh, premature that we have uh, barely gotten to September and we're already doing that, but – it is what it is. CU has some clear strengths. Let's go over that. And to start with the number one one was the efficiency of the passing game. Talk about that a little bit, Mac. Yeah, well, 100%. Some of the things they did Saturday were very, very impressive. And it starts, I think, with their quarterback, Shadur Sanders. Um, you can tell he's a coach's son. You can tell he's been in this offense for a while now. Um, the way he manages himself and manages the team and the passing game in particular, um, they are – I think that adds a lot to what this this early season polish is. I, he uh, he just didn't seem ever very rattled back there. 
got rid of the ball quickly, which really kind of helped out his own line. And he's got weapons to throw to. There's no question. Um, there were guys running open all over the place. So there, when, when we talk about Colorado, I'm not going to, I'm not going to downplay what they did. Well, they definitely came out and I was impressed with their passing game. I was impressed with how, how smoothly that, that machine ran. So kudos to them. You know, like we all kind of, fought a little bit about oh they're rebuilding an entire roster it's never going to look this good early but some things looked really good and the and the efficiency of the passing game was number one in my opinion well here here's the stats to do standards 38 to 47 for 80 percent which is just ridiculous 510 yards high. passing yeah. four <laughs> touchdowns a long of, of 75 and on the receiving side there are four different uh players i don't want to say four different receivers because one of them is a running back dylan edwards Mm-hmm. who had five catches for 135 yards, 27-yard average, three touchdowns. Uh, Travis Hunter, who's the cornerback slash wide receiver, played 120 plays. He had 11 catches, 119 yards. Xavier Weaver had six catches, 118 yards. And Jimmy Horn Jr., uh, 11 catches, 117 yards. So it was spread out around the offense. Yep. So the sufficiency of the passing game that we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, definitely it was a lot of different players that caught the ball. And it was the the percentage, but it was also there was short yardage plays. They were yep. there were some deep bombs that they threw. Uh, it was all it was all across the board. Um, I think one of the things that I saw uh, that they did quite a bit was the the short shallow passes kind yep. of across the middle. And right. there was always a, a re- release valve, somebody that that he could throw it to quick if there was a blitz or anything coming. And I think that's something that as we get the keys to, to, to victory, mm-hmm. those are things that we're going to have to be able to defend against, whether that's knocking a pass down, one of those shallow short passes, yep. and you've got a big six six Gunnerson or, or Nash up front, somebody that can knock a pass down. You take away a play early on in a game that a, a, a quarterback gets comfortable with, and mm-hmm. it can affect the game. This is you know going back in the wayback machine, but I think of like the Florida game, the fun and gun mm-hmm. when we played them. It was the second play of the game that Werfel tried to do a little slant. He did a thousand times all season, yeah. and Terrell Farley stood right in front of it, knocked it up in the air, should have intercepted it, but dropped it. He didn't get the catch, but the whole rest of the game, that quarterback's sitting there going, oh, my gosh, I don't yep. have that. Yep. We've got yep, to take some of those plays away. And that legitimately was a future Heisman Trophy winner. So, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that, 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 is, that is something that is going to be really important to kind of get them off that efficiency because – it was. It'd be easy to to look at it like the the Travis Hunter show, and he was electric, no question. That kid. Mm-hmm. Listen, I went like okay. So I said I was watching as a CU fan, but there's part of my Husker hatred still in the back, and I was thinking, <laughs> screw this guy, he ain't that damn good. I, I, let's just see. Let's just see how good he is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The boy's good. He can play. <laughs> he can play. He's like, he's ridiculous. I, I, he was everything he was hyped up to be. And uh, I was impressed. He's going to have to be contended with and, and on both sides of the ball. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to downplay what he did, but again, it's just one guy, but then, you know, they had four other guys go for a hundred yards. So the, the passing well, think, game, what go ahead. Well, I think that goes right into to number two, the, the skill positions, yeah, you're right. The passing game, four different guys catching it. The skill positions across the board that they have there were lights out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Even the, even the running back who's a freshman, you know, at a hundred yards uh, receiving, um, they, they have game breakers out there. Now they had some drops. Um, some of the guys had some Travis Hunter mm-hmm. included. In fact, if Travis would have caught one of those, he'd have probably had 150 yards receiving. So and a touchdown. Um, and a touchdown, exactly. So they had some drops, but the one thing I think that they weren't they were always in a lot of space when they caught the ball, and it was never really a gang tackle, and quite quite a bit of missed tackling. So some of that's sort of hard to grade, but you can't you can't argue that those guys were with their speed that they have, they were getting open. And they were making plays. Mm, absolutely. Well, so that's something that I know as we get to the keys to victory, we're going to have to defend against these skill positions. Yeah. But one of the things that's going to be really hard to defend against is their ability to run tempo. And they ran that almost exclusively the whole game. Mm-hmm. And TCU allowed them to. So this was a game mm-hmm. where they had, what was it, 34 rushes and 47 passes, I think yeah. it was. Or, uh, you know, just an insane amount of plays in general. So yeah, so 47 passes, 34, so yeah. 81 plays. And this is in a, an era now, this new uh, running clock that we have mm-hmm. where in the Nebraska, Minnesota game, the first quarter was done before we ever even knew what happened. You yeah, know, that, sure. that clock was constantly running. Well, not in this game, this game, there was a lot of snaps. Yep. So they're going to run tempo. What did you see with the tempo? Uh, the one thing that I was, I was really impressed with the tempo uh, was, Sometimes early in the season when you run tempo, you make a lot of mistakes. And mm. really, they only had six penalties for 35 yards. They were they were really efficient about just getting up to the line, knowing what the play call was, and getting it snapped quickly. Again, yep. I think that goes back to Shadura Sanders. This guy really knows how this offense needs to be managed. And it will be uh, – when we get to the keys of victory, that's going to be one of the things we really have to get after uh, to, to affect that. But they are – Super comfortable in tempo. I mean, lots of times they're snapping the ball with like 25 seconds left on the clock and and really getting after it. You know, possessions for us were an issue in the first quarter against Minnesota. I don't think they will be against uh, Colorado. I think we're going to get the ball plenty. What we do with it, we'll talk about later. Yeah, I, I think that point about the penalties is really important because when Nebraska did try to get into just the – the basic elements of, of tempo, like at the goal line, getting up there at the one foot yeah. line, th- we jump off sides, right? I mean, we yeah. couldn't do the basics in that kind of fast paced speed, mm-hmm. which is where, you know, I argue, gosh, get, just get in the darn huddle. If we can't, if we can't do that, right. Um, that wasn't an issue for CU in game one. And I think that's a good point that you have that that's, that takes a lot of uh, discipline right away coming out of the shoot. And they did a very good job right away with that. Well, and I know like a lot of people like to make the comparison to that it's year one for them, it's year one for us. But it's not year one for them in, in a lot of ways. It, Shador's been with his dad in this in the staff. Well, it's I guess it's a different offensive coordinator, but it's the same offense. They've yeah. been they've been in lockstep for a couple of years now. And Sims is, you know, still kind of learning how this this program is gonna or how this system is gonna work. So um that definitely that definitely manifested itself on the field in game one. That that was that was as clear as day to me. I'm like, they know what they're doing. There, mm. he was. He was very rarely rushed. He, you know, he never ran. I don't. Mm. I don't recall him scrambling much, but he did enough in the pocket. His pocket awareness was good. That he would shift over a little bit, dump the ball off if pressure was coming. I mean, they got to him a couple of times, but it wasn't. It it never seemed to be a big problem for him. His poise was amazing in the pocket, yep. and I, I've said this before in the last cut. I did a show on Sunday about this. Was that I know he's. I know he has mobility that. We didn't really get to see. He didn't have to show it off much against TCU. It'll be interesting to see what we have to do if, if we need to spy him ever. But there's going to be some play where we cover it perfectly. We'll have seven, eight guys in coverage, and we will cover every one of this, those skill players, and he won't have anywhere to go with it. 
and he'll run for 10 yards. Yeah. And that's kind of a defeating play for a defense when you've done everything right and then the quarterback oh, can still make it. Yeah. But but uh, yeah. you, you just got to contain Although, <clears throat> Although with them, that still might be the better play. You know, then rather chucking it up yeah, to Travis Hunter. That, you know, you let him run for five, six yards. Maybe he moves the chains, but they like chunk plays. You know, they like mm-hmm. big, big gainers, and they don't really. I don't think want him to get hit. So uh, that would. I agree with you, uh, but it, like that's something that that is going to be an X factor in the game. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, Edwards averaged twenty-seven yards a catch. They like big plays. Yeah. Well, let's flip it to the other side here. Let's talk about some of CU's weaknesses then. Uh, that you saw from watching the game there. And let's start right away. It's not surprising that we're going to jump and leave the offensive side and go to some of their defense here. Number one was tackling. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I just, there's a, there's a couple of things that were pretty clear and I, I contrast it to our game, but their tackling was just okay. Uh, their physicality was just okay. And, um, if you look at their defensive stats, I know every like it just blows my mind a little bit that no one's talking anything about like they had their offensive passing game was really, really, really good. Okay, we've all said that. I agree. Uh, you know, for anyone's gonna like think I'm blowing smoke, I'm not. Look at the rushing stats, look at their defensive rushing stats, look at their defensive passing stats. It, it's kind of hot garbage, to be real honest with you, but nobody mm-hmm. talks about that. It's just like, whoa, look what I mean. Does anybody remember Texas Tech? They used to do that shit all the time. And like no one, you know, blew them up. But, uh, you know, this is going to be a factor in this game. I promise you. The tackling Mm -hmm. for them is going to be a factor in this game. Well, and the way that Nebraska came out and tackled right away against Minnesota. Yep. Just the physicality, the flying around, the the gang tackles and everything. It gives you a little bit of insight, I think, of what maybe a focus of the offseason, the focus of camp was mm-hmm. all about. Nebraska mm-hmm. came out right away and looked looked like they'd been doing that for weeks mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. months. It looked like we were ready to, to tackle and do it right away. And, that, and there's been a number of seasons we haven't come out like that. Conversely, mm-hmm. we just said earlier, Colorado came out and looked like they were ready to run tempo right away and did it sharp. I mean, it was a focus of their camp. We come out in a couple of times in tempo and we look like we hadn't run it one time before. Yeah. So it, it is an interesting, it's that difference. We've talked a little bit already uh, about the difference in schemes and styles uh-huh. that this game yep. is going to be. But I also think it's kind of a difference in, in the priorities of what they've done from a practice and a development standpoint over the course of the off season tackling Colorado. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. They didn't, that, there were so many missed tackles on both sides of the ball. TCU was just sides. as bad, yeah. but we don't play TCU. We're playing nope. CU, and Mm-mm. and their tackling wasn't much better. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, number two for CU's weaknesses is just, in general, the offensive line and the defensive line. So here, let me bring that yeah. up. Perfect. The O-line and the D-line, and that we th- – think that there's some some strengths that Nebraska is going to have against us that we're going to be able to exploit that. What did you see when you watched it? Um, I saw an offensive line that was greatly protected by the fact that their quarterback could get the ball out quickly and knew where mm-hmm. to go with the ball quickly. So they were never really tested that well. And when he did have to hold the ball, TCU did get pressure on him. They did collapse that pocket. I, I don't think I don't think Colorado's offensive line um, was was fully well I don't think they were fully tested I don't think that team was fully tested but um, I would give them a very incomplete score on that I don't think they are um, 
it's, it's you know like when you when you're in the Big Ten, you think of teams like Wisconsin and Iowa and got just mountain people that you. Have. I know they got some six nine guys. I'm not saying that, but are they thin? Are they lean? I, and when I look at them too, and I think about our guys, you like a Cam Linhart or a uh, Umaman Yellen. You like kind of our younger, faster guys. Those guys could really have an impact. And then on the defensive side of things, we'll just look at TCU's running stats. I mean, they were they were remarkable. They really were. Mm-hmm. If we averaged seven point one yards a carry and two hundred and seventy some odd yards, uh, I feel pretty good about our I feel pretty good about our chances of winning. Because for one, the way TCU runs the ball doesn't probably bleed the clock like if we ran the ball that many times would bleed a lot of clock, and that is definitely going to be a factor going into this game. So, if the game's won in the trenches, I like our chances better. Now, I'm not saying our offensive line are, are world beaters either. I, I'm I'm not, but. Um, our scheme can just like Shador protected his offensive line by getting the ball out quickly and no, and, and being efficient on the offensive side. Plus tempo kind of helps an offensive line too. If the defensive line can't get set, mm-hmm. I think um, we can help our offensive line out quite a bit by, you know, running at them, just, just power mm-hmm. football. They're, 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 I, there was a few times in our game that I specifically watched. I'm like, we got good push there. We got a good surge there. And, you know, we talked about it before, and we'll go back with the keys to victory. But, you know, we have to be okay with some short yardage. They're, they're not going to be happy with their short yardage gains. They, they want the chunks. We have to think differently. We have to be different to, to compete in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, three to four yard plays, runs, need to be appreciated here. I go back to the first play of the game against Minnesota. We're backed up at our one yard line mm-hmm. and we just get our center and just do a QB sneak and we go for four yards. We push them all the way back. You know, uh, that option that I like that we did in the first half under center out of the I formation. Yep. That's to the left. That was right behind Corker and right behind Piper, yep. the side that was, you know, so maligned in, in some of the pocket passing. Uh, let's play the strengths of this team too. And I think that can be one of those things that can uh, lead us to have some success totally, there against totally. again, in the lines. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, number three, you've already kind of mentioned this, and uh, we have a graphic to show this, but uh, the rushing offense and defense, we think that uh, not only is this a weakness for them, but we think this is an area we can exploit. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, let's uh, look at that. I mean, for one, I was kind of impressed that they that they ran the ball 34 times, considering how many times they also threw the ball. But I guess when you have 80 snaps, you got to do something. But 1.6 yards a carry, that is not good. That is, I, there's no way to, there's no way to, to dress that up any differently. And yeah, for, for people that are listening to this, it's, this graphic shows Colorado at 55 yards. They ran 55 yards, 34 carries, 1.6. TCU ran for 262 on them yeah. on 37 carries, 7.1 yards per carry. numbers. Why wouldn't they just keep running it? You know, honestly, and that's and, and that's the kind of thing that we have to do. That's the you know we have to. I'll, I don't want to get into that just yet, but but that just illustrates to you a couple points. Yes, they're a fantastic offense passing. Yes, they can run tempo. That's great. There are spots to exploit on this team, and they really feed into what we say we want to do. And yeah. that's the part that gets me psyched up about going down there. I'm like, man. 
<laughs> it just blows my mind. No one's talking about this. No one, like there's no concern that, that they can't stop the rush. There's no concern that they can't run the ball. I, I guess some of that gets lost in the fact that Travis Hunter, you know, had this brilliant game and should do, you know, completed 80% of his passes. I, I understand that to an extent. I, I understand it to an extent, but nobody's saying anything about it. Nobody like it's It's crazy to me. It's just crown them and, and move on. And I, like I I, I think I tweet, uh, tweeted this the other day or X it. What do you call it when you, when it's X now, you don't tweet. It. I think it, yeah. You, you, you X it, it, I guess that's weird. I didn't think about that one, but you know, crowns that are placed too early in the season are often very tarnished by the end. You know, it's, it, you just, yeah. it's so dumb. It's so dumb to think that we know who Colorado is just yet, but listen, I'm enjoying the hype. They did us a humongous favor by winning. It's going to, it's going to drive the audience up. It gives Matt rule and his team a ton of opportunity to really make a statement. Yeah. And look, I mean, to the Colorado fan that watches this, cause we don't know what, the outcome of this is Colorado could go out and beat us and they can come back and watch this in a week and, and call us a bunch of dummies. Look, this is an opportunity for Colorado. If they're for real, they can show it two weeks in a row against two very different kinds of teams. We're going to, we're going to give a very different look to them from what TCU will. And if they can do it again, if they can, if they can, you know, uh, multiply good days like this. If if Sanders goes out and has another 80% completion and 500 yards and all that, I mean, look, that that's a whole different ball game, but right now, uh, you know, the, the best comparisons I've heard haven't come from national people because they're the ones that are blowing this out of proportion. Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing some local people finally starting to say, Hey, you know, go back to literally go back to the 94 Nebraska against K state and Lawrence Phillips. And we're down to just Matt Terman and just run the football against a, a, high-powered offense that is a top-20 team, and just do those things, control clock. Well, I think that's what I'm starting to get at is talking about Mm -hmm. the keys of the victory. Number one here is defense and special teams has to travel. We obviously, we had good success uh, in Minnesota on both of these er Mm -hmm. areas, these components of the team. And I think the key that a lot of fans want to know right now is, was that a one-off thing is that is that how bad minnesota was on offense are we really that good on defense are we really that good on special teams is that the baseline for for those two parts of the of the, the team and it's only going to get better from here i mean where are we at right now with special teams and, and defense mac I, I think those are absolutely our strengths right now and um the one of the things i guess we don't know yet about this coaching staff is uh, how do things how do these things carry from week to week mm-hmm. now I was going to go back and say something about Colorado, you know, the, 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 the classic, you know, you make the biggest jump from week one to week two. So there's, listen, everything we said about Colorado was true for this week. They could make some big changes and have a totally different kind of game when we plan. That's a hundred percent true, but I fully expect us to build on the things that we did. Well, defense special teams has to travel the tackling, the physicality, yeah. the, 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 the gang tackling, the surrounding the ball. That's how you get turnovers. You have to have hats around the ball for when these balls pop out. And that's going to be, well, I know it's going to be a key to victory later on, but like we, we can't take a step back on that. That would be, that would make that Minnesota loss even worse. It's like, Oh God, even the thought, I, even the thing I thought we were doing good in that game was bullshit. Yeah. You know, it can't, we can't be bullshit on defense. We can't be bullshit on special teams. We can't allow ourselves to take a step back from where we started. And, 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 and then on top of that, who knows if, the, if is the offense going to get better? I, I, I expect it to, I expect it to, 
I think uh, there's there's going to be some progress there, but the defense and special teams, it has to be actually has to be a level better than it was. And I think sure. It, I mean, if to your example there, I mean, if Kemp goes out and drops two punts, if if yeah. uh, you know Alvano misses a thirty yard field goal from dead center, right? I mean, th- those are the kind of things when we talk about like let's find a baseline. Mm-hmm. Is what we did against Minnesota the baseline that that's what we can moving forward expect from this defense and this special teams every single mm-hmm. game on the road at home in altitude below sea level i don't care yeah. where it is right. that's how we're going to play those two elements of the game if that's what we saw against minnesota then i think we're going to be in every single game we play i agree and uh, that that's even including a game at the end of this month i mean I, if we can play like that i think we're going to be a, a second half team against anybody we play against a fourth quarter team against anybody and then it's about maybe some of the next keys to victory, but, but uh, this has to travel this week without a doubt. There were so many broken tackles against TCU for Colorado. It was kind of disgusting. Like Uh it it just, and it, and it, and I don't know, man, it just seemed like TCU was unenthused about the prospect of tackling and it showed, I mean, some of these, Mm -hmm. some of these, you know, big chunk plays that I say they like weren't big chunk plays. They just were missed tackles short and then they, and they took, and they housed it, you know? So it's like, what what would difference would that have made in the game if you could have stopped that where they caught it, you know, and forced them to do another play or force them to convert another third down, you know, just force them to go deeper in the playbook, make the drive a little bit longer, mm-hmm. you know, maybe let Travis Hunter get to 218, you know, snaps a game or something like that, you know, but like we, we can't all of a sudden get sloppy at tackling and there's no reason to think we should. I don't think if we've been physical mm-hmm. all spring, all fall, there's no reason to think the tackling should take a step back. And I, I don't expect it to. So that will be, that'll be something to watch early and, and, you know, really kind of, really kind of indicate how this game is going to go. Well, I think that segues nicely to our number two uh, key to victory for Nebraska this weekend, and that's control the clock. And mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I think it segues is is you talked about how Colorado had a lot of, uh, you know, yards after the catch, yards after the, the first contact. You go back and you watch Nebraska against Minnesota. We had almost zero yards after the catch. If we caught yeah. the ball, we got tackled yeah. right away. Right. Um, we will. It would behoove us. <laughs> I'll say that <laughs> it, to uh, you know, if we can make a guy miss, if we can every extra yard, every first down we get, controlling that clock. This new play clock that doesn't mm-hmm. stop on first downs the yeah. opportunity is there we saw it in the minnesota nebraska game where you can have a six seven eight minute drive and everything we've talked about up to now and everything that Keyshawn johnson and all these national guys have been talking about with colorado's explosive offense if they're off the field for right. seven eight minutes at a time that's the best defense we can play is not even having them on the field so Controlling the clock yeah. has got to be important. Imagine flipping the script with 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 what Minnesota did to us in the first quarter, and we do that to Colorado, where they only get one possession. Yeah. Maybe they go a quick three and out because they're trying to go fast, and we make plays, and then we milk that clock. I mean, we take how many snaps away from them in the first quarter if we can do that? If we can do that, whatever team is able to impose their will enough to dictate their tempo to this game will be the, I believe the team that wins. If, if we are strong enough running the ball that we can hold and milk the clock and do what we want to do, we got a great chance. If Colorado is able to pace us up and down and, and we're doing them a favor by fumbling or losing the ball and giving it back to them and let them keep doing it, we're doomed. It's that simple. Yeah. I think that's the whole point of 
the differing styles here. You know, who's going to win the style of game, game being played? Mm-hmm. And because they are so different. Mm-hmm. Colorado wants to line up and get 81 plays out there. Yep. Nebraska has an opportunity. We've talked all offseason, and this coaching staff has talked all offseason about the value of the huddle, the value of, you know, we want to take that clock down to one second before we snap it. Now, something you and I talked about at the Minnesota game, <laughs> sitting there in the stands was we – I have no problem with taking that clock down to one second to snap it. I have a, a big issue with breaking huddle with 11 seconds or yeah, eight yeah. seconds and yeah. rushing up there. Right. We've got to figure out some of the, the, uh, uh, the substitution patterns and everything we're doing. And that's, those are coaching things that can be cleaned yep. up between weeks one and two. Yeah, exactly. And need to be, need yep. to be at, at 100%. Any level. There's no excuse if for that. A, if this was a junior high team yep. having those issues in week one, I would expect it cleaned up by week yep. two. So yep. it'll so, be interesting uh, to see. It'll be interesting because how much we like to, uh, to uh, rotate on defense. It'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see how much we get to do that with the tempo that they run. There might not be a lot of opportunity to subs like the, the way we were doing against Minnesota. We'll see how that goes, but I don't know well, that that necessarily but, hurts us that much, but it'll just be interesting to see how that goes. The best way to get to sub on defense is to make a, a play that stops the clock. Yep. Incomplete passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a, a sudden sack or something like that, a yep. negative play. That's the best way that you're going to get some rotation there. But to your point there too, uh, that's already something that rule and staff have shown. They want to rotate guys. They're going to play a lot of dudes. Yeah. And uh, it, I think up in the altitude too, that's just a natural thing that's going to happen with it. So control the clock. Yep. I'm talking offensively 35 to 40 minutes at least to, at to least. 25, you know, 20 to 25 minutes on their side. I mean, that's, yep. that's our best thing. Now that leads us to number three, the number three key to victory, make them one dimensional. I know that sounds almost stupid because we're talking mm-hmm. about a team that we, you know, just put up 48 points, whatever it was. And they had 510 yards passing and 55 yards rushing. They were already one dimensional to begin with, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's a basic tenant of football that you want to make teams one dimensional. i I'm a lot more worried about Colorado if at some point during the game I'm thinking that they're going to be able to do either the run or the pass on us. And what was in, you know, probably most interesting about that, when we played Minnesota last week, think about that, Mac. In the third mm-hmm. and the fourth quarter, they almost exclusively went to passing only. I mean, they, they, they very rarely ran on us. And we, for the most part, up until about that last five minutes, yeah. really controlled the game defensively. And they uh, took a couple unbelievable catches on their part too, but but we forced them to be one dimensional. Yeah. I think we need to do the same with Colorado. Well, hundred percent, we do. And, and the other thing is, if we don't, we're in for a long ass day. If mm-hmm. they're able to, if they're able to run the ball as well, like man, we're in some deep shit. Um, <laughs> honestly, like if we can't stop the run and they're throwing it all over the yard, like that's not even an option. Look, we're not going to be able to. We're not going to be able to make them run. You know, we're not going to be able to make them run, but we can, but I do think we should be able to make them pass. I mean, they, they, or at least uh, uh, discourage them from trying to run the ball, especially early downs. I think that's like, you know, that they, they seem to try to slip those in on early downs, but on the short yardage ones, they, you know, it's a lot of motion, throw to the back, out of the backfield kind mm-hmm. of stuff, you know, but we absolutely need to early in the game, establish the fact that you're not going to sneak any stupid runs by us. We're going to stuff those. Those are nothing plays for you. Which goes back to getting a chance to get the defense to sub if we if we stuff a play like that. So, a hundred percent have to keep them. Now I know that's where they they want to live. There's a difference between 
a team liking to do a certain thing or or a team having to do one thing because the other stuff isn't working. And that just kind of puts all the cards on the table. Then the defense knows you're going to pass because you can't run. So the, the it just allows the defensive backs to kind of keep their eyes where they need to keep them and make plays on balls. And that's what, you know, we're going to have to do. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Well, last but not least, the final key to victory, penalties and turnovers. You mentioned it earlier, Mac. Uh, Colorado only had like six penalties and didn't really affect them. Uh, They weren't big penalties. Nebraska, you know, we may have only had one more. We might have had seven, I think it was, against Minnesota. But it seemed like the ones we had just came at times that were killers. Yeah. And and that's the thing from a penalty standpoint. Turnovers, (laughs) I mean, we don't – that's been talked about at nauseum, but the, the turnover thing has to go away. And when you look at how Nebraska produced three of our four, four turnovers, 75% mm-hmm. of them last week, they were pocket passes. Mm-hmm. So I think we can, it, you know, you try to start to find what's the culprit, you know, where, where can you change some of the things schematically? Yep. What can you do differently? I think we know it on that side. And then the one fumble we had, um, it was more of a who and not what as yeah. Grant, they talked about all, all, all right. offseason that, you know, he had some of the fumbling problems and that came to hurt us. So yep. what are your thoughts when you, when you hear this one? Um, You know, it's probably the biggest factor in the game. The penalties have done a remarkable job of taking points off the board for us. It's, uh, it, you know, mm-hmm. like almost exclusively points off the board. Um, It's and it's, you know, there's, there's different, all penalties aren't created equal, but the, the, the procedural ones are so damn maddening. Like those have to go away. Those have to go away. we, Listen, it doesn't, it's not going to take a Herculean effort necessarily to beat this team, but it is going to take a smart effort. It is going to have to, it is going to have to take good football to beat this team. Um, the turnover game, uh, simple suggestion. Let's not throw to Hunter at all. Let's not throw towards his side. I don't think that's necessary. Mm-hmm. Let's roll away from him, in fact, and let's run at him, in fact. But don't yes. throw the ball up to that guy. It is asking for a turnover. He, he is, to me, he's bona fide in that respect. So, yeah. And the other thing with the turnovers too, on our side of the ball, you know, when Gifford gets a chance to intercept the ball, I'm not calling Gifford out, but I'm saying when those opportunities present themselves, get them and then keep the hats around the ball when you hit these guys. Cause like I said, I don't feel like they've been hit the way I think we're going to hit them. Make sure we got enough hats around the ball to pick up that loose ball and do something with it. Well, how remarkable would it be, Matthew, if we led the turnover margin and we were the team with less penalties, that seems Cool. I like that idea. And we were the team with more rushing yards and we were the team with more uh, time of possession, you know, like not even crazy shit. I'm not talking about crazy stuff here, you know, just stuff we haven't done in a long time. You know, this is the kind of thing that I feel like we brought rule in to do. This is, this is the, the, this is kind of how he was, he is structured. He's a details guy. You know, he's, he under uh, situational football is one of his strengths. We're told. So get us in there. Let's let's see it manifest on the field. I I don't I I know I know Colorado had a really good game, but they're still year one of a coach, and it I I just can't believe they're that finely of tuned machine. Not yet, and I do think there's 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 
there's a path for us to get a lot better without having to do a whole hell of a lot more. I mean, we were good enough last week to win that game by a touchdown, maybe more, but we had a bad penalty when we threw the ball away stupidly or threw an interception stupidly. And we fumbled on and a guy that isn't necessarily the most secure with the ball. So I guess I say all that to say this, don't get so Husker fans don't go out there thinking you've got to be polite. You've got to be, you've got to kowtow to these morons Husker, not, not Colorado, but Colorado fans. Don't let them blow smoke. These guys are the most, front running fans you'll ever going to find and, you know and I, I bet who would have known what the ticket sales would have been if they would have lost last week but i know since they won well they're going to be out there and they're going to tell you what great fans they are don't let them make you feel bad there's there's ways to win this game they're they're not world beaters just yet well yeah there's the reason why i was able to buy tickets a, a month ago for 221 and i could sell them right now for 421 nice. uh <laughs> i'd be selling them I'd be selling them right back to, to the people that sold it to us, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, Nebraska fans, we travel well. We're going to travel well this weekend. Yep. I, I think that's something that we're going to – that's going to have some effect in the game too is a stadium that's going to look very red again. I don't know. I don't think it will be quite the 2019 CU red out that we had, which was just ridiculous. That's, Probably not. Probably if we could have just won that stupid game, that was a poster game. From a, a stands standpoint, yeah. you know, how it looked out, out there. But it's going to be impressive still. I yeah. know there's going to be a lot of people going out there. I'm going out there tomorrow morning. So uh, I, I can't wait for this. I think this is a real opportunity. The team all weekend or all week since the, the Minnesota game has been pretty much put on the back burner. This is going to be one of the most watched games this weekend. And it's, it has nothing to do with us. It has mm-hmm. everything to do with the opponent. Uh, yeah, no question about that, dude. We're so not play free. the needle. Yeah. Play free. That's a great point, though, Matthew. We got nothing to lose. No, really thinking we're going to win. Like the, the line has swung. We got nothing to lose. Go out there and hit the shit out of these guys and see what's happening. Just play good ball, guys. Just go out there and play good ball. And Oscar fans, go out there and, and cheer your asses off and don't take any shit from any Buffs fans. They're not worth it. You know, I, I'm not saying start any fights, but I'm saying the fight starts, you know, show them what's up. Bunch of granolas out there. So, all right. All right well, I think uh, this is a good opportunity, or this was a good show here to go through everything we just talked about there. Yeah. CU's strengths, their weaknesses, a nice little scouting report of them, our keys to victories. I even brought out the thing. red cowboy for this since Dion's been rocking the cowboy hat lately. I'm like, well, come on now. <laughs> You're looking good, Mac. You're looking good. Well, I think if we can get if we can hit all four of those keys to victory, I think Nebraska wins this. I think so, you could uh, have a fun drive home, buddy. Fun drive. Well, until next time. That's another Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red. Let's do it. Heard at Sports Network Production.